Welcome to season two of the Connect FCS Ed podcast. Each episode is geared towards recruiting, supporting, and retaining past, current, and future professional family and consumer sciences educators. I am your host, Barbara Scully, and I want to boldly celebrate families and careers with you. Hi, and welcome back to the Connect FCS Ed podcast. I'm your host, Barb Scully. Today's final episode on the National Partnership for Recruiting, Preparing, and Supporting FCS Educators. Today's episode, we're going to have two amazing professionals within family and consumer sciences education, but also from different spectrums of their professional careers. First up, I have Karen Berg. Karen received a degree in family and consumer sciences education at Washington State University and taught in secondary schools for 32 years. She graduated from Iowa State University with a PhD in Family and Consumer Sciences Education and has spent 22 years as a Family and Consumer Sciences teacher at Central Washington University, focusing on developing opportunities for CTE students to complete or further their education. Karen has been involved in a leadership capacity at many levels. She has actively participated in development, administration, and delivery of the Great Plains FCS education program since its inception. She has recently administered the post-baccalaureate FCS teacher certification programs at Central Washington University, and Karen is currently the Leadership Summit Program Manager for the National Partnership for Recruiting, Preparing, and Supporting FCS Educators. My second guest is Robert Van Dyke, Certified Family and Consumer Sciences. He serves as the National Director for CTE Curriculum and Assessment with the North Carolina Department of Public Instruction. He is working on his Ph.D., in Family and Consumer Sciences Education with an emphasis on online teaching and learning at Texas Tech University. He holds a Master's of Education in Education Leadership and Policy Studies from the University of Texas at Arlington and a Bachelor's of Science in Family Consumer Sciences Education with an emphasis in Leadership and Culinary Arts from Johnson & Wales University. Robert is active in FCS and CTE organizations through serving on the president of the American Association of Family and Consumer Sciences Board of Directors, president for the LEAD FCS Education, and the North Carolina ACTE FCS Division and North Carolina AFCS. Well, without further ado, I'm really excited to bring on our guests. So let's dive in. Well, hi, Rob, and hello, Karen. Thank you so much for joining me on the pod today. Today is our fourth and final episode on the National Partnership for Recruitment, Preparing, and Supporting FCS Educators. But before we dive into our conversation, I have a fun little icebreaker question for you. How did your FCS education prepare you for the various leadership roles that you have taken on? Good question. Karen, do you want to go first? Sure. 
a lot of my classes had like a collaborative component to it. So, you know, we worked together on projects and I learned to listen and plan and I learned to execute and always adjust <laughs> as necessary and evaluate. And I've, those have really been the pillars of the things that I've used when I had different leadership roles. And so, uh, I went to Johnson & Wales and it was built on creating teacher leaders in family consumer sciences and business and marketing education. So they put that component throughout all of our courses. So we had 14 different education courses, which put us out in high schools and put us out with our professional organizations, AAFCS and ACTE, right away when we like right out of high school through the student unit or what other opportunities were available. And they pushed us to become leaders on campus to learn those skills. So all of the students that went through this program have been teacher leaders within their state or nationally. Uh, like my best friend, he was a family consumer science teacher in New York, and he is a published author about how to help family consumer science teachers with labs and CTSO funding, and now in a school administrator and principal and is a part of a lot of different organizations. And so we were all just great with that. And it was just a good opportunity for us to kind of really prepare for what we needed. And I really were thankful for that because it really gave me the skills I need that I use almost on a daily basis here. Oh my goodness. I, I really love that here that there, all of those leadership components were kind of embedded in your day-to-day instruction. That's really neat to hear that. I guess, is that, is that unusual to have preparing students for various leadership roles versus other family consumer sciences education programs? Is that kind of an unusual component? I think at the time it was because it was such new. We were still going through the transition from, at least in Colorado, from home economics to family and consumer sciences, even into the early 2000s, which that, that is a whole podcast on itself. But um, we that transition. But I think because we've had teacher leaders like Karen and a lot of the other people you've already had on the podcast automatically embed that into it because there's such a few number of FCS education programs on the post-secondary level that are preparing teachers that they automatically embed that and get their students involved and and build that leadership capacity right away. I think it's now a standard component just based on the teacher educators I see now. Well, that's exciting to hear that. I, I'm kind of removed from the the graduate and the, the undergraduate realm that I don't really see a lot of that anymore. So just different lenses. Thank you for sharing a little bit about that and your own personal experiences. Well, as I said, this is the fourth and final episode for the National Partnership in Recruiting, Preparing, and Supporting FCS Educators. I would love for you to share what support is available for FCS educators right now? Because we have talked about recruiting, we have talked about preparing, but now how about that supporting component, that that retainment piece? Karen, do you think you could uh, share a little bit on that? Well, historically, there hasn't been a go-to place to support Um, to gather support information for people. And that was one of the major goals of the National Partnership was um, to provide a repository for supports for prospective future and practicing educators. And Robert, do you have anything that you would like to follow up on? And I think that I agree with Karen, there traditionally hasn't been a lot of support for those current 
uh, in classroom FCS teachers other than what their state administrator provides. And so each state has some sort of state administrator employed by the entity which oversees career and technical education, or at least somebody that kind of vaguely oversees multiple areas. Um, and so I think they've provided a lot of different uh, support pieces. So the grant has definitely provided more opportunities and more resources for the in-classroom teacher to really grow and be retained right now. And I also know lead FCS education has definitely tried to step up and help provide state administrators with resources and provide leadership to help really support what we need to do inside of the classroom through our FCS in the CTE Career Pathways Initiative, which has lots of information around all of the pathways in which we oversee as well as just working with different entities to really provide some professional development on different realms uh, and get access so that we continue to grow our teachers, not only in their profession of teaching, but also in their knowledge of family and consumer science-based careers. I think that LEAD has done an, an amazing job of really working with those people in the states to help with that support. They're, they're doing great, great work. Oh, that's encouraging to hear. Uh, I know for through the National Partnership, you have been providing webinars and we just finished up doing a webinar on February 15th and just sharing and promoting and highlighting the various leaders in FCS, but also how to recruit and how to support and how to retain educators because, yeah, we our pipeline is clogged at this particular moment in time. So we are really having to get creative in how we put out our content for people to recognize that home economics is still around. So going into my, I guess my follow-up question is, how can individuals find it, find this information? Well, the National Partnership website is www.fcsad.net, and uh, it really is a, a, a great resource for um activities and uh, information for people. And again, like you said, um, it includes information about um, licensure in each state, about uh, information about both face-to-face -face and online opportunities for education, scholarship directory. There's a resource library that includes um, a framework for FCS in CTE and for helping people develop a high quality FCS programs. There's a general e-learning resources and FCS specific learning resources. Curriculum libraries being developed and a lead FCS is uh, involved in that. Rob, do you have information about that at all? Yeah, we, we have really provided some, some guidance towards the grant with really making sure that the curriculum, whether it comes through an outside vendor, comes from teachers, comes from teacher educators or students that come through a family consumer science education program, meets a high quality uh, stamp on us. So that way we're turning out curriculum which can be used that are tied to the national family and consumer science standards. So on the website, uh, fcsed.net, under the support uh, uh, menu. There is the curriculum library, which Karen was referring to, but you could also see the evaluation rubric in which was developed to make sure that we are 
ensuring that the curriculum that is out there, that is vetted, that is really validated, not only by educators, but through some of our other networks that we provide through business and industry, really meet that high quality CTE framework that's put out by ACTE to make sure that our programs have the support they need to continue to be relevant and be able to advocate for themselves that this is a quality piece of curriculum that we're implementing with our students. Great. Well, I'll be checking that resource out a little bit more because as a teacher, we're always looking for new and more innovative curriculum demands to feed our kids. So absolutely. Yeah, I know. So how about what advice do you have for future FCS educators? Good one. Mm. Well, I'm thinking that it's really important for them to get connected with student and youth leadership programs, uh, make connections with university programs and students, volunteer in their school and community, and um, share what they have learned in their FCS programs um, in their community and in their schools. I would agree with Karen, but I would definitely make sure that you as a new or veteran teacher really get involved with your professional organizations, whether that be AAFCS or ACTE or both together, because that provides you a community of FCS educators that can really help and support you inside of the classroom. Because many of our teachers are going to be singletons or they really are only one person in the entire building that teaches family consumer sciences. And they're teaching so many different preps throughout the day that uh, sometimes they're just scattered and they just feel like they need that resource. And so this is offers, offers an opportunity for you to really build that network. I also think that you should really start to integrate FCCLA into the classroom day one, because this really provides students that outlet for not only what they're learning inside of the classroom or through whatever work-based learning experience they're providing, but given the opportunities to develop those leadership skills and those 21st century skills that really make them that competitive uh, employee once they finish the program and also provides an avenue for safe failure and really learn the skills they need to grow and really be able to be a future leader within whatever profession that they provide. So all of those are scary because it requires you to go outside of your classroom. And it's easy for us to really just get into our classroom, shut those doors and do the day-to-day things. But as family consumer sciences, we need to build our own family within our communities and really just push ourselves to be kind of that leader within our own community and really just reach out. Yes, absolutely. We do. We have to, (laughs) I resonate a lot with what you're saying right there, where you go into your classrooms, shut your door and you carry on, but you do have to create your own family of network within family and consumer sciences. That is a hundred percent absolute. And I believe that through doing this kind of podcast series and past and future episodes, that is what we are doing together. We are networking that internal family within family consumer sciences educators. So my last question, I guess, is what advice do you have for current FCS educators? Because we've talked about for future, but how about for that current piece? Well, I think that it's really important to take advantage of all the resources that are available to people now, and that there are so many resources on the national partnership um, that people can use. Um, And we really, at this point, are trying to make sure that we um, educate people to all the 
resources and opportunities there are that are on the national partnership. One of the things that we found when we started the national partnership was that we were doing uh, national leadership conferences and summits, but we really needed to get that material down to the grassroots. So we developed state action teams to develop their own plans in their own regions for recruiting, preparing, and supporting FCS educators. Presently, there's over 350 members of state action teams across the United States and also in Puerto Rico. And um, the action teams continue to share their activities and their successes. And some um, in some areas where those action teams are kind of small or you know, people are saying, I can only do so much, they're starting to gather, you know, neighboring states are starting to gather together uh, to join their action teams in areas so that um, there's more people involved in helping make those things happen. In the Northeast, they're even doing like monthly Zoom meetings where they where they just have a topic and people can come in if they want to and um, and interact on a, a monthly basis. And that's very being very successful. So we really encourage people to join their state action teams. You know, we get more done when when we work together. So those are some things that I think are happening. I want to go back to what Rob said about professional organizations. I cannot stress how much professional organizations have helped me in all through my my uh, family and consumer science career was networking with those people, uh, looking at issues that are really a problem and uh, figuring out uh, how to solve those problems. It's It's been a, a very important thing in my career. So. Uh, I think right now, I think the first thing I tell current SES educators is take a breath. We've been through a lot over the last two and a half years, and we have put all of ourselves into what we're trying to do to make sure that we continue to provide that same experience for our students. So take a breath and take kind of a, it's okay to take a little bit of a step back and reevaluate and and change what you're going to do and maybe not go full throttle because we are going to get burnout here and we're already facing a shortage of teachers. And I am one of the biggest concerns that LEAD FCS has, and especially in the states that, I, that I've been in, is we're going to lose a lot of teachers and we don't have the pipeline to fill those teachers because they just want to go into something else that may not be as demanding as, as what we've been doing right now. And one of the ways that they can do that is really to use the resources that are out there. We've, we talked about the fcsed.net and all of the curriculum that they have. LeadFCSed.org has information around the career clusters, the framework for family consumer science and CTE. We have the national standards that all tie to it. And FCCLA has all of the different components to really how do you integrate FCCLA into your classroom successfully or just lesson plans that they have that you can use. All of those have high quality products that you can use inside of your classroom because we as FCS teachers sometimes think that we have to develop it ourselves. We have to do everything ourselves to make it the best that we can when there are 
there are resources out there in which we can use. And so use them. And you may not even have to use them in their entirety. You can pull a piece from here, pull a piece from here and sequence them together to create a wonderful engaging lesson that really helps your students achieve the standards in which you're trying to put inside of your classroom. So just use the resources out there. And it can be scary because you want to just do it yourself, but others are out there willing to help you and have the information that you can use inside of your classroom. And so take that breath, use some outside help, and you don't have to do everything yourself. It's okay to take that breath because your students are still going to, at the end of the day, get a quality education because you're their teacher and you're there and you're that smiling face that they see day to day. Current teachers are the best recruiters. They see their students and they, you know, there's lots of opportunities to say, you know, that encourage them to look at FCS as as a possible career. And, um, and of course, we also have new marketing resources that just came out, a playbook about really, you know, marketing your program. Um, we have a 30 second a radio spot and a 30 second and three minute video. And uh, so there, there are those things also. But I once heard someone say that the day you take your job, you should be looking for your replacement. And so we really have to be looking as we look at that pipeline that's that's getting smaller, that we all do our part to encourage people to look at FCS. Yes. Well, and I also want to touch on, so Rob, you mentioned how FCCLA has curriculum to support our CTSOs and everything like that. And those new listeners or continued family of listeners who have been part of the show, starting on episode 79 through 83, there is a huge FCCLA podcast series on fundraising, on competitive events, how to integrate FCCLA into the classroom, and then affiliating with FCCLA. So right there, you have a resource available for you as well. And those are great. Those are great podcasts. And the guests you had on were all phenomenal leaders within FCCLA and family consumer sciences. And I know I benefited from FCCLA as a student. That really got my passion in the family consumer sciences. And it's the only reason I probably became a family consumer science teacher to play FCCLA advisor. But there was a way to really engage my students to really make what I was teaching inside of the classroom come alive, because not every student is going to have a quality work-based learning experience, nor do they really want to go in the career in which they're taking the course for. It could be just something that they're exploring. But FCCLA gives all students the opportunity to really try what they're seeing, see it come to life, see the relevance, and really make it come like hit home for them. And I've seen so many students with FCCLA really just find their home and really grow into the leader that they are today. I have students that are engineers, own daycare centers. Um, one works for Beanpo Foods as a overseeing production. I have one that's a flight attendant. Some of them are trying to family consumer science careers. Some of them have nothing to do with it, but they're using the skills in which they've learned inside of the classroom to really apply for the individual family and communities to really grow into the person that they were meant to be. My students uh, in FCCLA, I just saw so much growth in them and it was just uh, an amazing organization that that we had in high school. When I was growing up, there was FCCLA and FHA were not available in my area. So I was involved in 4-H, which is another youth organization related to family and consumer science 
that um, gives a lot of the same kinds of activities and opportunities for students. So, you know, we also encourage people to look uh, not just as, at teaching in, in the uh, schools, high schools and middle schools, but we look at people who are um, working in the community, um, extension uh, educators and people like that. Yes. Well, I kind of want to go back to the state action teams. And so you mentioned, Karen, that the state action teams are throughout the United States and Puerto Rico. Is um, I know being you and I, Karen, we are from the state of Washington. And yes, I receive those state action newsletters. Will talking about what our state has going on, different challenges, and promoting the various opportunities available for us at the given time. Now, Rob, you are in North Carolina, it completely opposite spectrum of the United States. And I'm kind of curious, do you have stuff going on like that as well? Yeah, in uh, in both of the states that I've been in, so Colorado and North Carolina, we've had active state action teams that are doing multiple different things based on the needs of that state. So it's usually coming from the leaders of that are the state administrator, family consumer sciences, and the teacher educators. And then they get the students or past students that are now current teachers involved, and then their current their current students inside of the classroom involved. And they're doing lots of different things to really recruit, retain, and support family consumer sciences. And it's different across each of those states. Uh, I know in Colorado, we tried to do more of a say yes to FCS campaign with the current students where it also involved with FCCLA and integrated throughout the different events. In North Carolina, it's more through our AAFCS affiliate here and getting students involved in that student unit going down into the actual high school classrooms to really get that passion through the current students that are in our programs because we have five institutions that they can choose from here in North Carolina. And really just how do we spread that across the state to really to grow our, our association because we have about 1,200 uh, FCS teachers here and how do we really get 1,200 teachers involved is different and uh, we're still working on that challenge but we're, we're trying to face it every single day to get everybody going to the same direction. I just kind of keep on replaying in my head right now from Karen's statement that the day you step foot into an FCS classroom, that is the day that you need to start thinking about your replacement. And I, the only thing that I just keep going back on is the conversation that I had with Melissa, who is on the podcast in the first season, it was the power of ask. And that is so incredibly powerful in itself, where you go up to somebody and just say, you know what, I think you would be a really good family and consumer sciences educator. And then seeing them go, what, what, miss, what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And I have to say, as of very recently, that's what I've been starting to do. I've been going up to students that I currently have right now in second trimester. And I'm just kind of I go up alongside of them and say, you know what, like Marco, for instance, Marco in my classroom is very chatty and he, he is so outgoing. He is that salesman. And I, I went up to him, I go, you know what, I think you would be such a fantastic family and consumer sciences educator. And he's a junior right now. And he just kind of looked at me, miss, miss, 
really? You think so? I go, yeah, you got, you got that charisma. You have that outgoing personality, but you're also a deep thinker. And I see the way you get involved with our community here at school. I see how involved you are in all these other aspects of your life. And it's those components that we need in our educators in the classroom. And he's like, oh, okay, miss. Well, I'll start looking at that. And anything that you say, I'll, I'll look into. You got that. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> and I go about my day. And, and he just has a little bit more pep in his step than and that boy. He's got a lot of pep in his step. But he's, we have some pretty amazing students in our mix. And I know the future is bright for all of them. And I think even brighter for those who go into family and consumer sciences education. And I think you are correct. And that is how probably most of the SCS teachers out there today got their start is some teacher saw them and said, hey, have you thought of this as a career? Because before then they probably didn't. They saw them at day to day. They were like, oh, that's great. But there, there is not that ask unless they're there. And so it just say, hey, you're going to be a great, you would be a great teacher. Let, let's see if family consumer sciences. I joked with a couple uh, students that were going into FCS when I was a state officer. I was like, well, give me a career as a family consumer science teacher. And then once you retire, you can do whatever you want after that. So I love that. Now, Karen and I, we have this rich background where she was a mentor to me at the very beginning of my FCS career five years ago, which seems like it was forever and a day ago, but it's a blink of an eye, honestly. And she has helped me pursue and dive deeper and think longer and harder on things within family and consumer sciences and the direction that I'm trying to head. And being part of that university route that, because I'm just going to shout out, Central Washington University, go go Wildcats, see woo. And we have that rich family consumer sciences uh, program at school at our university at Central Washington University, along with WSU, which is Washington State University. Karen, do you think you could touch base just a little bit on those programs at our universities? Well, um, right now, those both of those programs are doing very well, and they're turning out not enough family and consumer science teachers yet, but they are uh, turning out an amazing students right now. Uh, one of the things, though, that we're really concerned about is who's going to follow the teacher educators that are at those universities now, that teachers need to be looking at young teachers that are coming out of the universities and starting to teach and encouraging them to think about moving into being a teacher educator in a university because, you know, we're going to be short on teacher educators also. So I think that's really important. Well, there we go right there. Gosh, we have there are plenty of opportunities, it seems like, within family consumer sciences, either at the secondary level or that post-secondary route as well. So that's exciting to hear. So if those who are tuning in, you're wondering like, hmm, maybe, you know, to move up into, it's the same pathway, but it's a different outlook when it comes to your professional career. It's interesting to, to think that, oh, 
maybe the university route could be could be an interesting interesting gig in the future. And I think it goes back to that ask is the teacher educators got to go back to their teacher their past students or ones that they've met throughout their experiences and say, hey, I think you would be great to do X Y Z. Come come be a family consumer science teacher educator at whatever university. And I just also want to reiterate is. Yes, Texas Tech University has the only family consumer science PhD program, but many of these programs, many of our universities don't require a PhD in family and consumer sciences. It helps, but you could get a PhD in a related field and still qualify to teach those programs and be able to be a teacher educator. So there's multiple pathways to become an FCS teacher educator more than just going to getting one degree. It, it helps, trust me, that you'll, you'll learn a lot, but there's opportunity. And so feel free to reach out to your teacher educator just to have a conversation and just say, hey, this may be something I want to do is to help future generations prepare to be family and consumer science teachers. Yes. Well, and Rob, in the very beginning of the episode, you were talking about that teacher burnout part. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say with that teacher burnout, it is okay to put things on pause. And that is something that actually you, Rob, told me not that long ago that, you know, is it something that you're going to stop or are you just going to put it on pause? And that's something that I have been really reflecting deeply on. And it is okay for those teachers right now who are feeling that stress, feeling that anxiety, to know that don't quit just yet. Don't think about looking into other careers or other professions. Maybe you just need to put yourself on pause, put yourself on ice for a a few minutes and just think and breathe. And that right there is how I feel that I'm being supported, just being told, just pause. Yeah. Take a breath. Just you've done a lot and the great work over the last couple years. And so take a breath. It's okay. Your students will still be fine. I know we're going to feel guilty and there's going to be that guilt in the back of your mind. Like, what can I do? And I should be doing more. But biggest piece of advice, and it's you probably heard this a lot, is you can't fill from an empty cup. And we're coming up on that right now where we've filled everything that we can. We need to take that break and fill ourselves back up and make sure that we find that passion again. Because otherwise, you're just going to burn out, leave the profession, which I understand that. And I, there's nothing we can do. And we support anybody who, who has to leave and wants to leave. But we'd love you to stay because you're still doing amazing stuff with your students. But it, it is one of those big things that we're facing nationwide right now. Yes. Well, and with that said, if you need any sort of support, encouragement, preparation materials, you have plethora of resources just at your fingertips right now. And that is through the fcsed.net website and be able to check out all the different menu options that you have available. You have leadfcsed.org and check out FCCLA. Check out your state action teams. Check out what your state supervisor has going on in your state as well, because you have options and you have resources available for you for that professional support. And with that said, thank you so much for joining me for this great conversation. And let's continue leading student success with FCS. We're better together. Barbara Scully from the Connect FCS Ed podcast 
presents a fresh take on recruitment and support for today's modern home economics educators in the family and consumer sciences, FCS Classroom, sharing insightful stories, strategies, and resources in a fun and sustainable and practical way. Each episode focuses on a different aspect of modern home economics. From community engagement, leadership, classroom management, to lessons and more, each episode brings a different perspective, offering expert professional development, interviews from a collaborative worldwide FCS community, with the hope that it will inspire and empower you to make informed decisions. Together, we are better at leading the way to student success with FCS.